845, 64 degrees. Welcome into First News on 570. I'm Mark Starling. Glad to have you along for the ride with us this morning. Uh, we turn now to Mr. Pete Gallner from the Pete Gallner Show podcast. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. Hey, did you happen to see the uh, the rumors about last week on who was in town at the Gray Eagle? No. Phil Lesh. Really? Just shows up out of nowhere. Did he play? Didn't even have the decency to call us ahead of time and say he'd be here. That's surprising. Um, not really. Not really. It was him and his, his him and his box of rain. You know. Right. Did he play? <laughs> he did. Oh, he did. He sat in with uh, one of the bands that was there playing. So that was uh, kind of neat. I, uh, I mean, it happened on you know, during the week. So I was in bed at four o'clock in the afternoon. So that obviously wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Pete, it seems that we have had a change of heart. Um, about this whole defund the police thing. Matter of fact, um, now uh, we're we're told that uh, it wasn't the uh, the progressives that wanted to defund no. the police. It was actually conservatives. So I went back last night and I pulled five different um, uh, speeches from uh, whether it was the president or Kamala Harris or uh, you know different surrogates talking about the American Recovery Act. And not one single time did I ever hear mentioned that that money was to keep law enforcement officers on the street because apparently they were led to believe now that they were being laid off in mass numbers. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, this, it's... Not so much. This is, if you look up the uh, definition of gaslighting, uh, this is a this is the definition of it. They want you to believe that everything that happened over the last year that you saw and heard, you did not actually see and hear. All right. of that didn't happen. And you're insane for thinking that it did. In fact, it's been the Republicans who have been anti-cop and defund the police proponents this whole time. We've never been at war with Eurasia, don't you know? Uh, we've always been at war with Eurasia. So this is, like, honestly, it, it, this only is possible in an administration and a society uh, and a media ecosystem where they know they suffer no ramifications for doing this. It really is amazing. I mean... Uh, Asheville's a, a perfect example of it. Right. This defund the police argument's been going on for over a year after the George Floyd murder, and um, there's not a single Republican on the city council. There's zero connection to Republican policies or politics or anything right. in Asheville. And yet we are to believe that it's the Republican Party that's been pushing anti-cop right. defund the police narratives. Well, you know, and it's funny. I read a I read a really uh, a really good essay from uh, Sandra Kilgore, who was actually on Asheville City Council as a mm -hmm. councilwoman, and um, when she was, you know, she was kind of addressing the removal of the Vance Monument and, and defunding of police. And it's like, look, if anybody's going to understand that community, it would be Sandra Kilgore. And she says, look, this is just not the way forward. Mm -hmm. uh, and I find it interesting that it's really just one. It is one voice, I believe, that has. Uh, put the city council in the very difficult position that they are in, mainly because they scare the hell out of the rest of the city council, and that would be Kim Roney. Mm -hmm. Well, I think she has the. I think she has a lot of them hostage at this point. Well, at the core of liberalism is a fear, right? Like there is this fear among uh, liberal politicians over this philosophy that there, and we we joke about it. You know, you're never woke enough, but that they will be turned on by the mob. This is the old, you know, feed the alligator in the hopes that it eats you last, but you still get eaten, right? That's the. the it always ends the same way, and. 
The WLOS a team, I thought, did a really good job on this story where they sat down with the mayor, they sat down with the police chief. But to me, the like the most shocking piece of information in this story came right out of the gate where they talked about the response time at the Westville pub shooting. And it was four minutes plus. And the substation, the Asheville Police Department substation is half a mile away, less than half a mile. It's right down the street. And it Mm -hmm. takes you four minutes to get there. Like this, these are the real world ramifications of these stupid policy prescriptions that are cooked up by LARPing cafe communists and temporary anarchists down at the down at the bookshop over there. Right. They're Mm -hmm. happy about this. They they organize these public speaking mobs, if you will, to go down and inundate the city council with, you know, I'm Joe Blow from the community and we don't need any cops. We don't need any cops. Meanwhile, they're aiding and abetting the criminal elements in Asheville. Now, I thought there was a missed opportunity in this story where they're talking with the mayor and uh, she she's asked, you know, how can council support the department? And she says, well, I think we've fallen down there. Uh, I will take ownership of that personally. I think we haven't done enough to recognize the contribution and sacrifice police officers make for our community. The follow-up there is why. Why haven't you done that? That's really important here, because if you don't tell us why you've fallen down in that respect, how are you going to address this need? How are you going to do better if you don't even identify why you haven't been doing that in the first place? And we know why they haven't been doing it. It's because they're terrified of their base. Mm -hmm. Well, no, and I think, you know, and I think one of the the big examples of that was when you had uh, a few people on city council kind of hum and haw about whether they were for or against the defund the police movement, the next thing you know, they woke up in the morning and there were tombstones Mm -hmm. and trash that were placed on their front yard, which I would argue is a direct threat. Yeah, it's intimidation. That's a threat of physical violence, and that is intimidation. And it wasn't long after that where everybody just kind of fell into step. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of fell in a line. Right. Which then. So that's why that's why I say this. The most important question is, why did you not step up? Because if if you're going to cave to those types of tactics and you did then, why wouldn't you do so now? Um, And this is and this is something that um, that they're going to have to wrestle with. But it also indicates that they knew. Right. They knew this was a bad idea, but they went along with it anyway. And now they're going to have to try to fix it. And the the problem that they're running into is that it takes a long time to hire cops. They got to run through like a year of training. And already we saw in this story, right, five out of the six cops from the last recruit class, they've already quit. So like, if you're going to reimagine the police force in Asheville, you guys better get to doing it pretty quickly because... Uh, we're not going to have any police force left pretty soon. Yeah, but they may want to call the Imagineers from Disney to get on that, <laughs> uh, pick up the pace a little bit. Pete, we always appreciate it, sir. Uh, folks can find more at thepetecalendarshow.com. A daily podcast drops right into your phone when you subscribe to it. Uh, make sure you check out the Patreon page as well. And Pete, we'll look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it as always, man. You got it. Have a great, safe, and 4th of July. You too. 852, almost 853, weather and traffic, have it in right now.